Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The sun is setting in California as a high-stakes special election enters its final hours. Voters are The 2021 recall of Democratic California Governor Gavin Newsom is what inspired us to go back and examine what we could learn from the 2003 election. 18 years later, 2021 had plenty of echoes of 2003, like the wild circus-like stunts. And now, please welcome to the stage, California Governor Gavin Newsom. Newsom campaigned with minions and transformers. Is that Optimus Prime? It's nice. It is a privilege to stand by your side. One candidate, John Cox, got served legal documents in the middle of a debate. I want to give a shout out first to my John fellow Cox, you've been served man. San Diego Superior Court, ordered by the judge. And then... Of course, one of the biggest celebrity candidates this time around was a real estate YouTube star. Hey everyone, meet Kevin Paffrath here. In this video, I'm coming to you not as... In the end, 2003 taught Democrats some major lessons that helped Gavin Newsom hang on to power in 2021. So in this final episode, we're going to take a deep dive into the 2021 recall and talk to our reporter who was there covering it all, Kyung Law. And then we'll look at how this election fits into the larger political picture. Think 2022 and even 2024. I'll do that with my good friend, CNN political director David Chalian. I'm CNN chief political correspondent Dana Bash. Welcome to Total Recall, California's political circus. Kyung Law. Hey. Nice to see you virtually. This is the closest we've been in uh, forever. Kyung Law is a CNN national correspondent based in Los Angeles. She covered the Newsom campaign in the 2021 recall, so I asked her for a primer on Newsom's political history. Gavin Newsom is someone who, through his political career, has taken extraordinarily brave moments, and he has been the first. A San Francisco mayor marrying gay couples at City Hall, you know, as governor, put a moratorium on the death penalty, despite how popular it is among a good portion of the electorate. Um, he He's someone who has fought for immigrant rights, who has really fought for climate change. He has been while not as progressive as a lot of progressive Californians would like, he has been out there for people of color and especially women. But those same progressive credentials are also why conservatives in California really didn't like Newsom. And that's what led to the recall. If you look at the original recall petition, 
it centers on immigration. The original recall was written by Orrin Heatley, who I interviewed. I spent a good deal of time with him, uh, and he wanted to microchip immigrants. That was something he wrote about on on social media. Uh, The governor's campaign conflated a, a couple of things to make it look like that was in the recall petition. Not exactly, but that was certainly the motivating factor, that it was indeed immigration. And it's so interesting because by the time the recall really got going and became truly viable, you almost never heard about immigration. So put statewide issues into context for listeners who don't live in California or weren't either paying attention or or living the the problems that Californians are facing every day in, in a real personal way. You have the high cost of housing here, which even as people are losing their jobs, how is the price of housing going up? It it was it it didn't make sense to a lot of Californians. And then there were, as I said, a lot of people losing their jobs. Homelessness was blowing out of control to the extent where, I mean, it is you can't drive down most streets in Los Angeles without seeing Tons of tents. You can't walk down sidewalks. Um, You can't really sit out in certain neighborhoods. And I would include my neighborhood. So it costs so much to live here. You don't feel safe letting your kids hang out on their, uh, you know, front driveway. It feels very personal. And that pushed some of the frustration to the forefront. How did COVID affect the discourse leading up to the actual recall election? Right. I mean, kind of similar to what you found in 2003 and in all of your research and reporting through all of that. You know, in 2003, it was it was a power crisis. People's lights would just suddenly turn off. In 2021, they're equally as personal Uh, from covid restrictions, meaning that your kids didn't go to school. My kids up until this fall semester were not in school. My hair was falling out. I mean, it was (laughs) making me crazy. But Really, COVID was part of the huge spark that began a wildfire of energy behind the signature petition. People were upset, upset about what COVID was doing to them. And um, when I went to the recall Gavin Newsom headquarters, I I met a woman who really captured a lot of that personal loss. Her name is Stacy Edwards. She worked in restaurants and she had lost her job three times. I reached my final straw when I lost my job for the third time in November. What do you want to tell the governor about the kind of pain that you're in? Oh gosh, yeah, that's a that's an interesting question. Um, yeah, it's it's been very hard. You're gonna make me emotional, but. <laughs> um, you know, we're talking about starting a family and buying a house, and those are all things that are having to wait because of this. And if I could, She's just one of the, the many people I, I spoke with, Dana. I mean, a lot of people in California felt that way. And to make matters worse, in the middle of the pandemic and the economic crisis, Governor Newsom made a giant mistake. California's state health guidelines prohibit people from more than three households getting together. So when reports surfaced that the governor and his wife attended a birthday party at French Laundry, an exclusive Napa Valley restaurant, the backlash was immediate. Kyung, can you please explain what the governor was thinking? The governor would say that he is going to own it. Uh, he is embarrassed. He, he can't believe that he even did that, that he should have gotten up and left. But 
looking back, that French laundry dinner with the governor sitting there surrounded by rich friends and lobbyists, it was extraordinarily costly, and it defined who Gavin Newsom was in that moment. You know, forget about everything he'd done before. Guess what? He's a rich guy eating and not paying attention to his own rules. And, um, you know, is he someone who is rich? Yeah. Is he someone who is strangely movie star good-looking? A hundred percent. He and his wife look like they stepped off central casting. But in some ways, that hurts the governor, given that California is now a minority-majority state um, where you have a lot of working-class people and middle-class people who cannot afford to buy a house here. Okay, so the governor is in hot water with voters. Let's talk about his strategy to get out of it. What Newsom did was keep viable alternative Democrats out of the race. And then he said, vote no on the recall and leave the other side blank. But here's what I want to know. Was that a direct result of how they analyzed what happened in 2003? A hundred percent. There is this hilarious mantra from 2003 of Cruz Bustamante saying no on the recall, yes to Bustamante, which was a complete failure. So having learned from that, having that recent history, uh, the Newsom campaign was not going to make it complicated at all. In television ads uh, with the governor at Every single event, Um, you know, even with voters as they were dropping their ballots, that was the message. Answer the first question, leave the second one blank. Call your friends, call your family, a simple no and go to the mailbox. Don't even consider the second question. And we specifically asked the Newsom team, uh, this tight group of strategists who have surrounded the governor for many, many years, specifically that question, are there any regrets about choosing this strategy? I did interview a Democratic strategist who said zero regrets because of 2003. They have not forgotten. They view that as a failure and they view 2021 as a win. And part of the reason that strategy worked was because the list of dozens of candidates this time around wasn't exactly star-studded. So tell me more about the people running. If you take Arnold Schwarzenegger out of the 2003 ballot, it's a pretty shabby list. Mm. It's pretty shabby. So same thing in 2021. John Cox, for example, um, running the strangest, most circusy type campaign. I really hope you're going to play some of his <laughs> commercial just so you can hear the bear. California's falling off a cliff. High taxes, unaffordable costs, even Elon Musk left. So strange. So tell our listeners about Larry Elder. Larry Elder is, you know, to many of your listeners, maybe a, a, a relatively new name, but to especially older conservatives who listen to the radio, extraordinarily popular. He has been a firebrand uh, in conservative, uh, especially local radio. He wasn't afraid to say 
outrageous things by today's standards, um, which which he still believes today, like he doesn't believe in a minimum wage. He believes that women should um, be allowed to be asked by their employer if they plan to have children or not. Um, These are all things that he he was proud to say. And people here in California know him. Kyung, when we first approached you about doing this episode, it seemed like you thought Newsom could be in trouble. A lot of people did. So what changed between the interviews that you did, the reporting that you were hearing about the concern and the worry in Newsom world to election night? It was Larry Elder. You know, the beginning of the governor's real kickoff, a lot of rah-rah at various campaign events. We followed the governor to a number of them. And you began to hear the name Larry Elder bit by bit, more and more. And at each passing event, he would go further and further into what Larry Elder was. What the governor found in that weekend was he had an enemy. He had a reason to scare Democrats. It was the sense that Republicans were about to take everything that Californians felt that they had fought for to be so different from the rest of the country. Um, They felt that the Texas abortion law could become reality in California. They felt that uh, the the mask issues that were happening in Florida could come to California. And if they sat on their duffs and didn't send in that ballot, that's what was going to happen. One Democrat told me, the devil I know is better than Larry Elder, who is actually the devil to a lot of Democrats in California. So that's the choice that they were given. It's so simple, but it worked. It's because he had a a foil that played the part. Yeah, he had a foil. And also, you know, Democrats outnumber Republicans two to one on voter registration. With those kinds of numbers, if they had lost, could you imagine, you know, the embarrassment? They were able to take their advantages and continue to play them out. And it, it worked. Up next, we're going to explore what the 2021 California recall means for the 2022 midterms and even the 2024 presidential election. Stay with us. This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores? Sleep Number does that. Only Sleep Number smart beds let you each choose your ideal comfort and support. Your Sleep Number setting. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. All Sleep Number smart beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. Temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish. So there have been arrests, suspensions, disciplinary hearings. They're shutting down graduation events. 
at this moment, the part of the protests that are admirable are young people calling attention to atrocities. Michael Roth is the president of Wesleyan University. I would like to make a space for them to do that, as long as that space doesn't prevent other people from pursuing their education. Listen to The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish, on your favorite podcast app. Welcome back. Now that you understand how the 2021 recall went down, there's no better person to put that in context than my good friend, CNN political director David Chalian. David not only knows more about the current state of politics than pretty much anyone, he also has some experience with California recalls. 2003 was the first year that I had uh, started at ABC News, my first national news organization. My boss said to me, you are going to run our California recall coverage as oh your gosh. first assignment at ABC News. And I thought, well, that's amazing, except I know nothing about California politics <laughs> and like have never done any of that. But we did a huge amount of coverage. We had the whole L.A. Bureau was focused on this. We had correspondents from D.C., one named Jake Tapper, who was dying to be involved in the coverage and like get out in uh, California. And I got this like crash course lesson uh, before we had to go into the presidential cycle. What was it like covering it? I mean, it was the circus, right, that everyone describes it to be. It, it, I don't know how to put the right sort of frame of mind for people around this because we had never seen anything like this. Hey, they, now we're they, kind of used to some level of circus. Yeah, right? Like politics has become circus. Right. But this was, I mean— That was kind of the first biggie. Definitely. And so this notion, we talk very often now, not just in politics, but in our culture more broadly, about disruption. And this was like one of the first real disruptive moments in politics in my lifetime. Remember, Dana, I mean, I know you know this, but Twitter didn't exist in yeah. 2003, right? I mean, Facebook didn't exist in 2003 in, in the way that it does now. Um, and so I actually think we saw the beginnings of that where we were going without knowing the technology that would accelerate us getting there, that moment of campaign politics becoming just shiny object, distraction, constantly evolving, even in the pre-Twitter world, it was a chaotic political landscape there. This was converging in our culture in a way where the um, the ridiculous and the sublime were just very close together. So in 2003, national figures coming out to try to help Gray Davis didn't help. In 2021, when Gavin Newsom had Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren and Amy Klobuchar, it did seem to help. What's the difference? A, I don't know if we know how much help that was. And I, and I don't know we know in 2003 if that was really a detriment in some way, you were right. It didn't help in the terms of like it didn't get Gray Davis to keep his job. I would just say this. The Newsom strategy here of running against the Republican Party and Trump and Trumpism, that nationalizing of the election itself, of the recall, allows those national figures to come in and play into that theme. That was not the case. It, in there 2003, was national, it was about California. It was about California. Yeah. And and it it was a campaign that got a lot of national attention, but it wasn't about the national political moment. The other thing that Newsom did was make the recall, which was by definition a referendum on him, a referendum on 
the lead Republican and on Republicanism nationwide. That was not easy to do, but they did it. They totally did it. And it, I mean, what did he get? 62% no on the recall? Uh, It was a very successful strategy, and it doesn't just happen by accident. So the the actual political DNA of the state and Newsom's overall standing were sort of a, a floor of support for him in this, that then when you employ the right strategy, as you said, you get that kind of big win that he got. But let's be clear. Gray Davis was just in a totally different world, different universe of disapproval, unhappiness from the electorate than Gavin Newsom was. Okay, so the price tag for the recall, $300 million. A lot of people are looking at that and saying, really? Should the recall system even exist anymore? What do you think the chances are that that changes? I think that we may see some reform to avoid the idea that you're going to recall a governor and someone with a bare just slice of the electorate ends up the governor of a state where one out of every eight Americans live. So I so I think that you can see. But I don't think this notion of recall where it's available in general is going away. I mean, I think it's also a pretty powerful tool, right? What if you have a horrifically corrupt person and you had no remedy whatsoever? You just had to wait. Um, this is better than, I would imagine, in many cases, than a bunch of legislators in a room launching an impeachment process, which is just purely political. At least the voters get to be part of this process to correct something if indeed they got it wrong. So where it does exist uh, in states, I have a hard time imagining that it's just going to disappear. So do you think there is anything, and I always hate when people ask me this question, so I'm sorry <laughs> so, for um, asking thank you. you. so much. I'm so <laughs> but you're way smarter than I am, so <laughs> I'm going to try. Do you think there is anything that we can see or foresee about the 2022 midterms or even 2024 that happened in the 2021 recall in California? There are a couple things I do think that are are pertinent. Take Newsom on the vaccines. I do think that if indeed COVID gets under control and these mandates get more and more people vaccinated and people see a real recession of the virus, that leaning into the science ends up being good politics, that can be um, possibly something that the Democrats can use to their advantage in 2022, given what we've seen in so much of that anti-science positioning inside the Republican base. So I think that that's one thing that I think you see even in the early skirmishes in the 2022 midterms, uh, that that is going to be one of the messages out there to run on. That's one. Two, and I know Democrats listening to this will hate this, I actually think even with that enormous victory Gavin Newsom had, there are a couple of things that Democrats should pay attention to inside the exit polls uh, and in the returns here. One, this notion of inflation, of uh, Mm -hmm. increased costs in your life, that showed up. I mean, there is in There's this, a reason Republicans are talking about that already. Of course. in the, Even in this election, that Gavin Newsom got 62 percent to say no on the recall. I mean, a huge, huge victory. Even with that electorate, this notion of real concern about costs to your everyday life is apparent. So if you're a Democrat running, 
I think you have to really take that into account that, yes, Republicans are clearly going to use it. You can't just dismiss it uh, the way you dismiss some of the other things and make it Trumpian. That's actually going to require some attention and work on what you're doing to bring down those costs. So that that's one piece of it. And then the other piece is Hispanic men specifically. We saw the inroads that Trump made in certain pockets of the country. And I think we have talked for decades. I mean, you and I have been doing this for a while. This growing and growing and growing part of the electorate is something that Democrats all but sort of banked on, that the, the Latinos will be there, that yeah. it's monolithic. Especially that, with the with the sort of Trump talk on immigration, they think that that makes it a given. Exactly. And it doesn't. It doesn't. And, I, and again, I'm not trying— I'm not trying to find some negative in an overwhelmingly positive night for Gavin Newsom. That it was. But I do think it is there. And I think anyone who's going to be on a ballot in 2022 and 2024 should pay close attention to that because that is something that Democrats have counted on, that there's some erosion going on, and I think they have to figure out why. David Chalian, talking to you about politics is my happy place. Thank you for bringing me to my happy place. Thank you. I'm right there with you. You know that. <laughs> I love it. Nothing nothing better. Thanks for having me. And just like that, we're at the end of our story. The 2021 recall shows us how learning the lessons of the past can really help those in power avoid the same traps, just like Governor Newsom learned from the mistakes of 2003. We actually reached out to former Governor Gray Davis to see how he was feeling after Newsom defeated the recall. I texted him, he got right back to me, and we had a very good conversation. I was just thrilled to him, having been through a recall myself. Trust me, this was a much happier ending. Still, you can't help but wonder, looking at the 2021 recall, what would have happened in today's age of YouTube influencers, viral videos, and TikTok stars if there had been a Schwarzenegger-like figure in this race? It's impossible to predict a hypothetical, of course. And in any case, it seems pretty likely that we'll be seeing more charismatic celebrity candidates running for elected office. Matthew McConaughey for governor of Texas, anyone? And if that happens, my colleagues and I will be there to tell you the whole story. Thanks for taking this ride with us. This has been Total Recall, California's political circus. This podcast is a production of CNN Audio. Megan Marcus is the executive producer and Haley Thomas is the senior producer. Our senior manager of production operations is Dan DeZula. This episode was produced by Will Cadigan. Emmanuel Johnson is our associate producer and Eden Getachew is our production assistant. Story editing by Lacey Roberts. Mixing and sound design by Erica Huang. With support from... Abby Sharp, Ethan Cohen, Ashley Lusk, Rafina Ahmad, Lindsay Abrams, Lisa Namaro, Clayton Green, Nadia Lancey, Emma Lacey Bordeaux, Drew Shankman, and Courtney Coop. I'm Dana Bash. Thank you so much for listening. I, I don't know if you could tell, but I had a blast doing this. And I can't thank everyone enough who put this show together, and especially those who agreed to speak with us to help explain what really happened in 2003 and why it matters today. 
Make sure to go back to episode one, Welcome to the Circus, to listen to the whole series. And if you enjoyed this series, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show if you haven't already. And be sure to check out all the other great podcasts from CNN. I'll talk to you soon. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Now streaming exclusively on Max. A new CNN flash talk about the album that has Nashville talking. Call me country. Beyonce and Nashville's renaissance. Watch it at max.com slash call me country. Max subscription required.